from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside episode 62 of On the Board. I'm Colvin McKee. Across the glass, Mr. Lance Dahl's here. Hello. Good to talk to you, sir. Thanks. Uh, on the line tonight, Mr. Corey Bacoskis is here as well. Hello. How's it going, sir? Good. Uh, much you? apologies to you. Uh, you were unfortunately not able to uh, be on the line for the Kelly Rudy interview last week. Uh, there were some technical difficulties on my end, so I want to apologize for that first and foremost to you. That's okay. I mean, the apology should be going to Kelly for not being able to talk to me, but like... <laughs> He actually said that he puts up with your brother Kyle enough, so he didn't really want two Bacoskuses to talk to, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I think there was some, a little bit of inside trickery. I think you guys purposely canceled the call on my end. <laughs> Not saying we didn't. Not exactly. Uh, busy show ahead tonight. Lots to talk about in the NHL and uh, NBA. The Harden trade we'll get to. NFL uh, semifinal action as well. But we'll start things off in the NHL as we always do. Uh, the start of the season. It is one week old and uh, some great saves, great goals. A lot of action has happened here in the first week of the 2020-21 season. Uh, we'll turn things over to Corey. You first, sir. Uh, what's your thoughts on the inaugural start of this season? And uh, what's your thoughts on the first week of the All-Canadian Division as well? Uh, yeah, it's been a good start. Um, there's been some interesting storylines that have come up. I mean, I think that's to be expected in a season like this. But uh, um, some exciting rookies, some goalie-stealing games, and uh, yeah, Edmonton Oilers are up to their <laughs> usual starts. Um, yeah, Canadian division, I think it's kind of going as expected. Um but uh, I think Edmonton and Vancouver qu- haven't quite got the start that they want. Um, I was getting ready to rip Edmonton today, but they put in a good showing against Toronto tonight. So we can't quite rip them as much as we wanted to. But um, again, like just problem with the depth scoring for them and some goaltending. Koskinen played well tonight. But um, even you look at the scoring here, Yamamoto and uh, Drysaddle with the goals tonight. And I mean, Archibald got the empty netter, but they're just still not picking up the depth scoring that they need to, you know, be a top of the division threat to be, you know, round two, round three type of team. Um, I don't know. I'll give it to Lance. What are, what are your thoughts going in on, on Edmonton and, and their start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, obviously didn't get to really watch the game today, but I saw uh, on Twitter and heard from a friend of mine that Connor McDavid was playing with Josh Archibald, and uh, and Alex Chase on today, so Boom. so that's quite the line. Um, that's 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 trying to fix your depth problems by just giving your top guy literally any two players. Um, which which is yeah. probably what they're going to have to do. They're probably going to have to just let Connor run with uh, whoever gets drawn out of a hat for the night, and then <laughs> try try and just fill out the depth scoring elsewhere. Because I mean, they're gonna they're gonna drown without it. And I, you could argue that they're kind of drowning outside of tonight where, I mean, they put up all of, what, 21, 22 shots, I think, against the Leafs. So you kind of look at where they're going and how they've started. They really still don't have much on D. Dave Tippett's lighting fires wherever you can find a little bit of flint. And I just don't know where exactly this team's going to go. Um 
they did score on the power play today with Dreisaitl, which isn't surprising. The power play is going to get better than what, how it started. Uh, so that'll mask a little bit, but they're kind of in the same boat as a lot of teams in the Canadian division where defense is just very, very suspect. And, uh, and I mean, that's been the story for the Oilers for a long time, but this year, no different with them. And I mean, you can throw the Leafs into that category, the Jets, the Canucks, all kind of questionable uh, blue lines, and that's going to show itself over even an abbreviated season. 100%. And, uh, I mean, you touch on the Canucks as well, and you got in here in the notes, Corey. Uh, their lack of scoring in general, uh, their big guns haven't really got off to the start uh, that one might expect, Patterson and Besser and the likes like that. And, I mean, I've seen both the games against the Flames uh, in recent days, and um, one again, uh, one game had Holpe and one game had Demko and uh, the la- latest one with Demko. I mean, he had a great start first, you know, half of the game, and then the Flames kind of blew it open there in the second half of the game. And uh, Demko hasn't looked uh, quite up to that stellar playoff performance that was in the bubble. Uh, hopefully, he's been pretty solid overall. But uh, as a Canucks fan, uh, some reason to pause early in the season. Yeah, I think Canucks fans are happy with the Braden Holpe signing right about now. <laughs> I think they're looking at what Demko's doing to start this, and yeah, maybe he's not the guy. But um, yeah, just looking at their depth chart, their line rushes, the lines they're putting out there, like it's just not as strong as last year. And then I look at last year, and the only guy that's missing is Toffoli, right? Like, I don't know what's different about this team. Uh, like, I honestly don't know. Like, I guess JT Miller coming back, he missed the first three games. That's going to be a big help, and maybe that'll turn things around. But, um, Patterson isn't off to the start that he wants. You know, he there was a lot of MVP talk saying that if Vancouver can sneak into the c- couple top spots of the division this year, that Patterson should be um, in talks with the the MVP. But yeah, I just they look strong in their opener, and then Calgary really brought them back to earth. And you know, Markstrom looked really good. But you know, I I just I don't know what to say about this team that their offense just is not going. That's the thing with, with Vancouver. I feel like in order for them to go, they're going to have to get on a roll, which is kind of what they did last year where they just built momentum and then it just continued and continued. And, I mean, most teams can say that, but like the higher echelon teams can kind of create something out of nothing and find ways to win, and you're just not seeing that with Vancouver early uh, in the season. That might change later, but I, I don't know that this is necessarily going to be their – you know, big coming out party, nor maybe should it be. I, they, they still have parts that they need to work on. Demko can use this year to as a stepping stone year. I mean, he's theoretically only going to get better. I mean, we've seen, <laughs> seen in the past a lot of goaltenders that come along and then all of a sudden they don't get better as time goes on. But Demko, by all accounts, seems to be uh, a legitimate goaltender that will progress and, and playing a year with Holtby after playing years with Markstrom uh, is anything but bad for him, even if he doesn't look great in net at uh, different points throughout the season. Like Scoring is not going to be an issue, but their their blue line is just a little questionable. And the problem with them is they got, what, Ole Ulevi, I believe, is their sixth defenseman, mm-hmm. and he's averaging like 10 minutes a night. Like You just cannot win when you only have, and especially in a division like this North Division where every team is so high-powered offense, for the most part, I mean, even the worst team in Ottawa is high-powered offense, and you just can't yeah. win playing on 5D. It's just it's not sustainable long-term. You need to either find a way to get you a levy more minutes and make them more valuable, or you need to find another defenseman 
that can plug the hole and give you anywhere between 14 to 16 legitimate minutes. Over in the province of Ottawa, or uh, province of Ontario, excuse me, uh, two teams that are very fun to watch right now. Uh, you mentioned the kind of lack of forward talent there in Ottawa. Uh, they are so fun to watch, so young, and so much room to grow. Uh, with Stutzla getting his first goal there as a professional, and uh, Murray's made some good saves as well. And it, they're looking like a competent team, and there's going to be no easy games, uh, obviously, in this North Division. I don't believe so. And uh, look at across the, the, the province there in Toronto, and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we didn't get your opinion on it there last week there, Corey, but uh, do you still believe that the Leafs are the cream of the crop when it comes to this North Division? Because, um, you know, a few games in, Anderson's played really well. Their big guns are scoring. Uh, the defense is holding up as well as can be. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Maple Leafs heading into this season? Yeah, I have them up at number one still, I think. Like, I'm just trying to look around the, that division and see a team that could, you know, really get on top of them throughout the whole season um, or, like, beat them in, in their meetings more often than not. Like, I think Montreal is probably the biggest likely to get them. But, um, I mean, because Edmonton, I think you'd say, would be one of those teams that could go after Toronto, but they've just gone off to a rough start. It's tough to see them um, at the top of the division at the end of this. And Vancouver was another one. They were looking at the uh, steps that they were going to be able to take from last season. I think Toronto's just got so much depth throughout this year. I mean, if the first line of Marner and Tavar- or Marner and uh, Matthews isn't scoring, then it's going to be Tavares and Nylander. And even the, their third line looks really scrappy with uh, um, Kerfoot, Hyman, and uh, Mikheyev. Like, just their skilled line, they're fast, they're little pests out there. So, And then their D looks all right. I think Brody brings out the best in Riley. I don't think Riley's had a defensive partner like him throughout his whole career. So uh, we're going to see big steps from Riley this year. And then um, in goaltending, I mean, Anderson, Campbell, you know, if Anderson doesn't have it, Campbell looks like a really solid backup. Um, But I mean, I haven't seen anything in Anderson's game this at the start that's going to say he's going to have a rough season. So yeah, they're still at the top of the division for me. Yeah. The, the tricky thing is I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win the division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. Just the expectations are obviously high on them and with good reason considering the years that they've put together in the regular seasons of, of the last few recent memory anyway. But I'd it's it's tough because I, I really do think and we're seeing it early in the in the year, but like the Habs are no joke that no one was talking about. And as that offseason went on and Josh Anderson gets traded there and then Tyler Toffoli signs there and then Joel Edmondson's there and then all of a sudden you see that, well, here we go. Jake Allen's now their backup, who's probably the best backup or one of in the entire league. And you're like, okay, these guys are legit and you're going to be playing so many back-to-backs. There's going to be so many multiple games in short amount of days, their goaltending alone is just going to make them lethal. And I, I think that's why the Flames are also another option, depending on how Riddick plays in that second spot. If he can jump in for 25 games and be competent, then the, the Flames are also going to have a spot to, or an opportunity rather, to rival for the top spot with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just don't know if the Leafs 
are going to meet expectations. And even if they finish second, that's going to feel like a failure to a lot of Leafs fans and probably the team itself if they finish second in that in this division, which to me it's not a failure because I think there's some very very good teams in the North Division, but the the Leafs just need to progressively get better. That's going to be the key that I look for over the course of this year is that the Leafs, as they roll through the season, they get better and better if TJ Brody can be a legitimate two-way defenseman instead of a guy who's a fucking liability in his own end. Hmm. I mean, that'll obviously help them immensely if Zach Bogosian can give you decent minutes out of a third-pairing, sixth, seventh defenseman role. If Justin Hall can take a little bit of a bigger step, like all these guys, if they just take even the slightest step forward throughout the course of the year, I see it as a big success, even if they don't finish the top of the division, because I think they'll be trending in, if they're trending in the right direction, they're probably going to win the division. It's a good point. Uh, in terms of Calgary side, you're right. Uh, Markstrom started all three games for the Flames. We haven't yet to see uh, how Riddish does here in the rest of the season. That'll be interesting to see uh, if the Flames can put up a fight with the likes of uh, Toronto, maybe Edmonton. We'll see. Winnipeg's kind of disappointed uh, so far this year. Uh, they're big guns. I know Line has been out of the lineup for a little bit as well, so uh, wait to see if the Jets can get back to full force on that one. Uh, over in the West Division, we kind of expected these three teams, Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, to be the cream of the crop when it comes to this division. Uh, the rest of the teams are uh, kind of in, in middling stage or in full rebuilds, and uh, as it currently stands, that's the way the standings are fitting out. Uh, still, though, those three teams going at it for eight, nine games a season is going to be one hell of a battle. Yeah, I think everybody's looking at the uh, the East Division right now as kind of the the toughest division. Um, there's just, I mean, like one, two, uh, what is it? Seven or eight. Um, well, it would be eight. Sorry. One to eight. Like all of those teams have a chance of making the playoffs, whether it's Buffalo or the Islanders or Rangers, like everybody's kind of got a chance. Um, this one, you know, it's, it's top heavy with St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, but when you get to that playoffs, um, it's going to be a dog fight and, you know, we're getting to a award predictions later and who we think wins the Stanley cup, but you know, I think whoever comes out of this division is going to be ready to take on the other divisions and win that cup. I mean, Vegas has been so close before. We keep talking about when Colorado's potential is finally going to pop. Um, and then St. Louis, I mean, they've been there, done that. They've made some changes over the past few years, but they're still kind of have the core that they have. Ryan O'Reilly, Brady Chen, all those guys. So, I mean, those three, they're going to, I'm going to make the prediction that they're going to be the top three for the rest of the year. Um, I don't think anybody's going to beat them up there, but when it gets to that playoffs, like it, it's going to be hell for those three teams getting out of there. But when they do, you know, I think they got a chance at winning the cup. You know, for that exact same reason, that's why I think no one out of that division wins the Stanley Cup this oh. year because it's going to be so tough to get out of that division. Even whoever, like whoever finds their way out in out of the easier divisions and we'll say I guess you know you could probably throw the central as an easier division mm -hmm. or the easiest and then you can have an argument on where the the second easiest comes from but like that central division just kind of a little bit more appeasing and appealing for for teams to kind of work their way through it's just there's so much like you said that's top heavy in the west and like the blues for example uh, are planning to get Vladimir Tarasenko back at some point this season, which will be a nice addition late in the year, but they ha haven't even really got going on offense yet. And I'm 
what did they get pounded eight nothing by Colorado already this season? Is that what I saw? Oh, I, I believe earlier Probably. this year, <laughs> their only loss I think was an eight nothing beating at the hands of Colorado, and so it's like things like that kind of sit with you early on, <laughs> and and if you get that out of the way, I, you see it in various spots throughout the league. I mean, I'm, St. Louis had this in their own little world when they went on, the, on their cup run when they, instead of you know the second game of the year it was the first half of the season they were just getting the hell beat out of them and then they turned things around and win a cup but um, for them to get that out of the way early kind of get blown up after winning 4-1 in the season opener to that same Colorado team I think it kind of puts into perspective for the Blues anyway what needs to be done and so like they're if there's going to be a team that comes out of there, I wouldn't be surprised if it's St. Louis. I mean, they also have insane amounts of depth too, right? Like, you just look down the lineup. I think their leading scorer is Jordan Kyrou when he plays like 13 minutes a night. So there's just a lot to like in St. Louis uh, that maybe they get slept on because Colorado's so flashy and because Vegas has kind of stormed the league ever since they came in. And uh, when Sportsnet did their um, kind of predictions for awards and uh, Final Fours and whatnot, a uh, friend of the podcast, your friend of mine, Kyle Bacoskis, was the only one of these Sportsnet personalities to list the St. Louis Blues as a Stanley Cup champion, which I know in the group chat we kind of maybe scoffed at. I was like, oh, kind of out there on a limb there, Kyle. Uh, but you're right, though. Like Depth is going to be very important in this young season uh, all the way through. Uh, they've got some solid goaltending with Bennington. They lose Allen, of course, but uh, very interesting to see what happens in St. Louis. You're right, that division, going through uh, potentially both of those teams in the playoffs is not going to be easy uh, trying to get out of that. So 100%, that's going to be a very uh, easy watch, very fun to watch, Mm -hmm. but also a very tough division. Um, Over in Minnesota, for years we've waited on uh, Kirill Kaprizov to make his uh, debut in North America. And boy, this first week of the season... He's had some fantastic games. I'm sure fantasy owners uh, love having him in their lineup each and every night. Uh, but you're right. Like In the notes here, Corey, you've got it's actually fun to watch a Minnesota Wild game, which is something we haven't been able to say, gosh, since like the, what, maybe Marion Gabrick days? Yeah, yeah, good poll there. Like, 100%. Like, <laughs> this team, I mean, I think we've talked about it before. I can't remember the episode, but I just... Minnesota is just a bland team. Like they might sneak into the playoffs or they might not, but they're not going to be a top 10 pick. Like they're just going to be bland forever. Um, but they finally hit on a prospect that's exciting. And, you know, it just sucks that there's not much of a team around them, but um, hopefully they start something in Minnesota. Cause like, it's a great hockey state. Um, but yeah, I don't I, like, he's exciting to watch. I've watched, uh, bits and pieces of the Minnesota games when they were playing against the Kings there. And I mean, not much of an opponent, but yeah, you know, you're just like Stutzla in Ottawa, your eyes are locked when Kaprizov has the puck. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully uh, you can put in a good year this year and, you know, put Minnesota kind of back on the map. Yeah. It's a good start. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all like Minnesota's also getting, I would say a plus plus goaltending from Cam Talbot early in the season. I'm pretty sure save percentage is over 920 and uh, he's gotten him two out of three games in the right side of the wing column so um but but it's, it's funny you can say all the the good things that are coming from Minnesota and at my core I'm still just like okay enjoy your 13th pick in the first round of the NHL draft this upcoming season because yeah. that's where you're going to be 
And like, oh, 100% I just, this year, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but even if, like, even if this were a regular year, I just don't feel any different about how they're, they're set up just because they're so locked in to the guys that they have bought into over the course of, you know, the last few years when they brought in Parisi or Parise, however he's feeling and wants to be called today, uh, <laughs> Ryan Suter, and then like you got a guy like Jonas Brodin who might be one of their best defensemen. Like the thing is, like their decor, their top three defensemen are probably three of the best top three anywhere in the league, but they just don't have really anything to add to it. Like we're sitting here talking about Jordan Greenway as like the second coming for a little bit until <laughs> Kaprizov came in. He's like, holy shit, this guy's big. He can Power hit. Forward, like, yeah. look out, this guy, this guy can make some moves. But like, <laughs> like it, he, he's a nice accent piece, like like a, a Sam Bennett would be, or like a Josh Anderson is in Montreal as a guy that, I mean, maybe not built the same way, but kind of served that same purpose as a bigger body who can. Uh, affect the game in different ways that smaller players simply can't. But they're just they're they're on the right start. Let's put it that way. They're going to need to move a little bit more in the coming years. And I'm not sure if it's better for them to continually pick 13th rather than you know have a down year. Maybe don't sign Cam Talbot because <laughs> like he's not doing any favors I if do, you want to pick higher. Like yeah. this guy's kind of stealing some games and. By all accounts, considering how he finished last year and is heading into the start of this year, he might steal a few of them. Uh, I, I just wonder if it wouldn't be better off for for Minnesota. And I hate even bringing up the thought of just you know losing to to move on and, and get better. But that might not be the worst option for a team that's been marred in mediocrity for so long. Yeah, I mean, tank job. They've in other markets it might go over super well, but in a hockey crazy state like Minnesota, yeah, you wonder. I mean, work. I know when crowds are are back in business, I'm sure they they draw really well for American cities. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if if that comes into effect. Uh, Just let Kevin to the, Fiala shoot the puck more. I well, mean, he yeah. only has like 300 shots so far this season. Fiala's been around a long time. It feels like he's been around a long time. I mean, he was a highly touted prospect with Nashville, and then he broke his leg. Mm -hmm. He had a great playoff run for Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years back. And now, like you said, he's in Minnesota. And And he's only like, what, 24? Yeah. And he feels like he's 50. (laughs) He does. He really does. feels like Kevin Fiala's been in the league forever. You're right. He's one of their better offensive talents when Uh you really look at it. So Uh it's very interesting to see what happens in there in Minnesota. Uh, a couple other news and notes to make mention of. The Avalanche trade Ian Cole, defenseman, to Minnesota of all hey. teams. Uh, oh, hey. Potentially opening up a spot for Bowen Byram among a loaded decor. Um, do you think that the young stud Byram you know, gets a chance with the big club uh, for an extended period of time? Um, I think so. Just trying to look at the kind of the, the news and different notes that analysts had today. Um because, like, if you're Colorado, why do you make that trade if you're not trying to make room? Because, I mean, Ian Cole's a good defenseman. Um, he's got a lot of experience. Um, so a guy that can help Colorado out. So there's got to be a reason you're sending him to Minnesota. Um, but, like, I mean, just by how Byron played the World Juniors and the growth that we've seen him in the WHL, like, I think he, he's ready to make that next step. I mean, he was a fourth overall pick. So, um I think they'll give him a shot. I think Connor Timmons is another guy that they want to get in there. Some some regular looks, looks, and uh, I guess we'll see what what happens in Colorado. But I'm hoping it's Bowen Byron for sure. Well, they traded Ian Cole for Greg Patterson, right? So I mean, Patter. I mean that guy's he's got two points in three games. So 
So old G GP there, he's probably he's probably locked up a spot. I don't know if I don't know if Byram's gonna get in yet. And it's so funny that a guy like Connor Timmons is just getting leapfrogged mm-hmm. at this point. Like no one even remembers that he's also in the Avalanche system. The amount of depth that's yeah. on that blue line is just disgusting. Like it is it is ridiculous. If you just give Timmons, a guy of his size, just more time to develop. Like, you're looking at a blue line that consists of Bowen Byram, Kale McCarr, Samuel Girard, Connor Timmons, and Lord knows whoever the hell else comes along because it feels right. like it never stops in Colorado. Uh, but yeah, Greg Patterns there. So, like, no, nah, sorry, Bowen, you're going to have to you're gonna have to sit out this year. Your boy GP's here. GP's Tough times. Kind of the rescue. Oh yeah. Tough God. times, man. Hey, man, he's got two points in three games. He's basically, he's basically leading the Norris voting so far. Oh, yeah, almost a point a game. <laughs> yeah. Is that your pick? Is that your pick? I mean, it's I like early that. days. It's early days, but I'd probably I'd probably have Greg Pattering in my at least top five on my ballot. He's at the round table, the short list. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd be at the very short list for a oh, lot of guys. You, you ask anyone. Continues it up. Yep. We'll see. Um, outside of the Los Angeles Kings, the Chicago Blackhawks are the only other NHL team without a regulation win in this young season. Uh, something we kind of expected uh, with the kind of the turn turnover of losing Crawford. Obviously, Taze isn't playing to start the year. Uh, they're playing, you know, Dylan Strome in the top six, which, I mean, he's a talented player, but maybe he doesn't need to be there at this stage of his career. Um, kind of, like I said, to, to be expected for a Blackhawks team that has had a tremendous run in the 2010s. Uh, finally, their time looks to be over uh, outside of the Kings as well. I mean, those are both teams in the, in the, the mid 2010s that kind of ruled the NHL. So that's kind of uh, par for the course in this day and age. But also you got here, Corey, are the Devils for real? They sit third in the East Division as we talk here tonight uh, with a 2-0-1 record. Um, You mentioned, or I mentioned Crawford, and uh, he was supposed to be signing with the Devils. Obviously he retired uh, before the season started, so they're rolling with Mackenzie Blackwood, and uh, the kid has been great. And it's interesting to see, will uh, Nico Heizier make the next step? Will Jack Hughes take a step in his development? A lot of young pieces are looking very promising for those Devils. Yeah, I just wanted to float it past you guys because there was a thing kind of going on on Twitter and um, social media just kind of saying, like, damn, like the Devils, they they kind of made a mockery of the Bruins. But um, they look solid, right? They got the the young players there in Heischer and uh, Hughes, like you mentioned. Um, Ty Smith looks good. I think he's point per game. Um, yeah, he's he's in my top five too for the Norris right now. <laughs> yeah, he's on um, the list. And it, obviously, you mentioned Blackwood, who I mean, he, he looks like a stud so far. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like like we talked about before, it's a tough division for them. Um, they're going to have to play really well for a lot of games in a row to be in that top four of that division. But um, definitely a good sign to start after the past couple of years of what's happened in New Jersey. I mean, I think it, the whole state would have been depressed after what happened last year. Just so much hype with Subban coming in and um, they had Wayne Simmons for a little bit there. And, you know, just it was a mess for them. So uh, very good start by them. Um, Lance, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, they got Yegor Sharangovich now, so... Just I mean, the nicest kid, hey? You know, he, oh you know, I heard he's got great family values. He's uh, <laughs> he's from Belarus, so so rumor has it he's really kind of been the glue guy, as it were, for uh, for the Devils. And, I mean, playing 17 minutes a night for a guy who's got a nightmare of a last name, I mean, that's 
that's got to be a good good indicator of a, uh, of things to come for for the Devils. Um, in all seriousness, I don't really know what to make of this team. I don't know. I'm not yeah. all that. I'm not all that sold on them. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood is is good. Um, he, he's playing a little over his head right now. Obviously, considering <laughs> I think he he made what like 47 saves against 50 shots the other night. So uh, you you maybe can't expect him to have like a 950 save percentage all year. That might be a bit much, but but they got they got pieces that have just consistently underperformed. That's the thing. It's like they they've they've been like not great lately, but it's just because it's consistently underperforming. That's what's sneaking up on them. But Ty Smith comes in, you get a Jack Hughes that's there. I mean, Nikita Gusev's still there, obviously. He's very young. Kyle Palmieri's there. Damon Saverson has opportunity to to kind of lead the blue line now in New Jersey. There's a lot to like. And they're a team that, like, next year, it's going to be – like, next year's going to be the interesting one because if divisions go back to normal, it's like, okay, now how do you compete in the division that you're normally in? Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be curious because either they're going to take a big step forward because it's somewhat similar to the division they're currently in in the East Division this year anyway, or they're going to take – a bit of a step back. It's going to be one of the like one or the other. I would lean to it being forward, to be completely honest, considering mm. how they're like who they're playing this year. I think next year you're going to see even a bigger jump. That division normally though has arguably the toughest hitters mm-hmm. in the NHL right now with with Philly, the both the New York teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean they're playing like you said right now in this in this weird development of a season, but um. Yeah, I mean, they scooped up Dell off of waivers from the Maple Leafs the other day, so uh, providing a, a pretty decent backup. I mean, Dell was they have be, a pile of goalies? Uh, well, they got, like, Wedgwood. Yeah, they got, like, a bunch of guys that, and, you know, played World Comrie. Juniors in recent memory. Comrie? Is, or do they? I thought yeah. They have Comrie What happened well? to Eric Comrie? He's there, too, isn't he? Yeah, I think they might have picked him up off of waivers. Like, is know. Zach Fucali showing up soon, too? <laughs> like, what's going on there? You don't give up on young, young goalies. No. No, Mason McDonald, Mason McDonald showing up. Or? Well, he might, man. <laughs> like I'm not, rock. I'm not ruling anything out. I think anyone that's played in the World Juniors in the past decade might get a call to be a goaltender for the New Jersey Devils. The way things are going, you got to find yeah. the next Brodeur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Op- open tryouts here in that's the NHL true. season. Uh, last but not least, here in the NHL section, uh, we've got some way too early award predictions. Uh, nice. Corey wanted us to go through uh, some of our picks. Uh, three, four games into the season because nice. we know how to predict the future. So we're going to lead things off with you, Corey. Uh, give us your Stanley Cup winner, your Hart Trophy winner, your Vesna, your Calder, and your Norris, all in order. Nice. All right, so I'll rattle off all five. Let's do it. All right, so I'll give my like actual prediction, and then I'll give like a, a sneaky pick. Like, this he is loves probably not going to happen. I like love one that I should pick. splash 20 bucks on, yeah. on on a sports book on my phone. Exactly. Um, So I mentioned before, I think whoever comes out of that division, um, the West division is going to win it. I think Vegas with the addition of Petrangelo is just almost unstoppable. Um, Yeah. And I think Theodore looks really good. They just got a lot of good pieces. I'm not going to bet against them. Uh, My sleeper pick, not even much of a sleeper pick, but I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Um, Carter Hart can be a lot better than he is. Or That's was really last not year. a sleeper. No, it's not. No, this <laughs> I had them in the East going to the finals. <laughs> yeah, no, this, I, that's what I say. This one's not a sleeper, but uh, those are my two picks. So. 
Um, I can't think of a sleeper off the head, the top of my head. But <laughs> well, we'll call him we'll a go sleeper. To the other, go to the other awards. Um, MVP, Connor McDavid. I think if the uh, Oilers can sneak into the playoffs, it's going to be all because of him and Dreisaitl again. And I think with the start they've had so far and the concerns we've been talking about, it's just going to be even more so amazing if McDavid can just somehow get them into the playoffs. Um <laughs> My um, uh, second choice is going to be Tomas Hurdle off to a friggin' a hot start with San Jose. Wow. Yeah, okay, that's um, better. That's better. That's deep so, sleep. Uh-huh. So in a that last, I mean, you talk about the top three, but who's going to take the fourth spot? I mean, Minnesota's there right now, but it could be San Jose. If San Jose can somehow get that fourth spot, mm-hmm. and Thomas Hurdle puts up, like, I don't know, maybe 70 points this year. I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah, how many points would he need to legitimately win a heart? Like, I immediately thought 85. In 56 games? Yeah. Yeah, 70, 80, and I think you would need, like, the next point getter to be under a point per game. Like, a could short. Wow, that is, yeah, that's a long, long, long shot. 49, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, maybe. It's a long shot. It's a long shot. Mm -hmm. Um, Vesna, we're going with Markstrom. Mm. Um, I think the easy choice is Vasilevsky, but I'm going to go with Markstrom. I think if Flames can get into the playoffs, it's, he's going to be a big part, and he's shown it so far. Um, sleeper pick, Mackenzie Blackwood. How are you? How are <laughs> you doing? Yeah. Um, Calder, we're going with uh, Kaprizov, um, just like how he's played. Um, I mean, we've talked about him a lot already, so won't uh, talk about it too more. My sleeper, two, two sleeper picks are Ty Smith. And uh, Igor Shosturkin. I think if the Rangers can somehow get in there, um, he's going to be a big part of it. And, I mean, you know, goalie getting a Calder. I mean, how are you? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Norris, uh, these are both sleeper picks. I'm going with Shea Theodore. Um, That's a good one. A lot of people are high on on Theodore. Yeah, I think he just, yeah, I think he's going to have a solid season. I don't think anybody's going to touch Vegas this year. Maybe Colorado, but he's he's just going to feast on those bad teams in the West. And then uh, second sleeper pick, uh, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, I think, is going to get some revenge for not getting the Calder last year. Mm-hmm. And he's going to put up over a point per game this year. So, All right, Lance Stoll. That's a really good list there. I like the uh, the addition of the sleepers. That's a nice little touch, something that I'm not going to do. But Lance Stoll, do you want to continue the tradition here? Not really, because I didn't build a list, but I'll go. Okay, I, uh, I mean, I could stall for you nope, if you'd like. Nope, 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 we're good. All That's right. fine. We'll do it on the fly. Only you levy. <laughs> yeah, only you levy <laughs> to... Only you levy to win the Norris. <laughs> also, uh, sleeper Greg Patterin <laughs> yeah, okay. on the Norris. Um, okay, we'll start the Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't really have a favorite, to be completely honest. And it's a way too a, early pick. I know it's a bit of a cop-out, but like if I had to do a way too early pick, I guess I'm going with the Flyers. Um, just the way that they're built top to bottom, they seem to just be so ahead of the curve uh, this season, and they got off to a hot start, which helps, and it leans into my bias, so I will go with <laughs> the Flyers. If I had to pick a sleeper, uh, the Cup would come north, and it would go to Montreal. Wow. Um, just that's a good sleeper. Considering the Crazy. build that they have um, all around, I think they are more set up now than they've ever been to be a, uh, to be a playoff team. So I would probably go if uh, I had to pick a sleeper with the Habs. The Hart Trophy, I'd, I, I'm going to have to come back to that because I haven't really thought about it yet. Uh, the Vesna, 
if I had to pick two, uh, they'd be 1A, 1B. They would both kind of be sleepers, I suppose, if Vasilevsky is your obvious number one. And if Corey says Markstrom, I feel better about floating either Carter Hart or UC Soros out there Ooh, as Vesna winners. That's a sleeper right there. Um, UC Soros, it's... I've been I've been riding the UC Soros hype train by myself for quite some time. <laughs> that's right. Um, because I genuinely think he's a legitimate number one goaltender that's never really gotten a shot. Uh, if the start of the year is any indication, I think that he's going to absolutely pop off. And if they get into the playoffs, he will be a big reason. If they being the Predators get in, uh, it would be mainly in part because of UC Soros' play. So I will go as a bit of a sleeper with him. Uh, I'm with you on the Calder. Uh, Kaprizov, I suppose, would be my guy. And uh, I, I genuinely couldn't tell you uh, a second one because I don't know that there there really is at this point that even jumps out at me, to be completely honest. Uh, no love for laugh between the two of us, eh? Honestly, no. No. It just, I, I think there's too much offense on New York for yeah, him to shine. There's just year. too much. That's that's my thing, too. Like, I mean, you kind of saw what Capo Caco went through. And obviously, like, laughs a bit of a different, a different, he's obviously a different player, but it's a similar situation where, like, the team is very deep up top, um, like, more so than people give it credit for. And I think laughs just going to have a tough time to burst through. I guess if I had to throw a sleeper out for the Calder, uh, and I think he qualifies, I honestly don't know, but I think he does. Owen Tippett Mm, in Florida. Florida, yeah. Might be a guy if he can somehow find a way to score 20 goals because I think he can break into the top six, uh, which would put him either playing with Huberdeau or Barkov. Uh, and, and I think that could potentially lead him to a 20-goal season in Florida. The Norris. Greg Patteron winning the Norris. Um, <laughs> is that joke getting old yet? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no, because I, I, I really do enjoy it. I think it's funny. Uh, the Norris is tough. I again, I would go one A, one B. Um, Shea Theodore for me would also be in that list. Just considering, like Corey laid out the schedule that they play, the teams that Theodore can eat up, and the progression that he can make over the course of uh, this year, I think it can take him to uh, big heights, big big heights. And I, I keep going back and forth on my on my one B. <laughs> I just I can't get away from Victor Hedman. Mm-hmm. I just can't get away from the thought that Hedman's just going to go out and and win it and it'll all be good. Although, I mean, he's he's only playing 24 or 25 minutes a night right now. He's going to have to get his minutes up to 30 for, for me to seriously consider him, you know? He's just not enough minutes, but uh, that's a joke, by the way. Victor Hedman. Big minutes guy. Yeah, big minutes guy. I mean, <laughs> the guy's playing 25 minutes against the team's toughest guys every single night. Like, it's ridiculous what he does. And uh, and the heart, man, the heart's tricky. Because how are they going to really? vote on it? Yes, I think I think it's very tricky mm. in this type of season. Okay, because whoever exceeds expectations, whatever team that is, their best guys probably getting a real good look this year. Okay. And uh, when ev- with everything that's all kind of like jammed up in divisions where you have all the Canadian teams playing together, we all have the Leafs players or the Leafs as a team thought of so highly. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you go down the line and, and you say, okay, if Montreal were to win the division and get through, 
or even if they just won the division simply, mm-hmm. like probably one of their guys could be looked at as as a heart winner. And that would lead me to potentially as a sleeper carry price. Thomas Tatar? <laughs> Yeah, Thomas Tatar, I'd probably put in there. Okay, um, Armia. Yeah, no, I wouldn't put Joel Armia, but I would. I, I honestly think Thomas Tatar has the potential to 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 win a heart as a sleeper, um, considering <laughs> the team that he's got. And my second one, I will put as Mark Stone. Oh, Mark Stone would actually go like ahead of Tatar, but take a take a pick another one. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the uh, on the Carey Price winning the heart? Oh. Do you think that can happen? I don't think in this season. Why? I He scores a lot of goals. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play enough games. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think, think any of these goalies are going to be nah, me workhorses, right? You can't. Me neither, but I just... Carey Price is going to start so many games. Like he, He's not going to get enough, quote-unquote, but I think he's going to get a lot. And, and be meaningful. And if Montreal were to run away with the North somehow... Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you asked me how many points Hurdle would need to win the heart. How? What save percentage would Price need to win it? Like a nine forty? No, I say nine thirty. No, I think I think expectation plays a lot into this. Um, because where are they expected? Are they expected six, fifth? Like no, what? you're probably. I, I mean. Probably. A lot of a lot of people would float him in the middle. I would say. You think so? Hey? At the start of the season, at the start yeah. Start of the season, I think five six. But I think you're crazy if you have him out of the top four right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. Right. And so, but like they're already exceeding expectations out of the gate, and it's been three games. Like, uh-huh. if if we, for the sake of argument, say that they were going to miss the playoffs, and then they get in as the top seed, you're probably having to look at somebody. Oh yeah. And. I mean, Carey Price just seems like the guy that would get the most looks because I don't think they're winning the division without Carey Price playing incredibly well. If I had to put a number on the save percentage, I'd say like at at least nine twenty five. What if like what if Shea Weber put up forty points? If Shea Weber put up forty points and the team ended up winning the division, you you probably have yourself a, a Norris. Probably he looks good. Yep. I don't know. He was half a point per game last year. I mean, if he takes another step. I mean, he's point per game right now. That's goal, true. Going to assist in three games. I mean, you want to talk about Greg Patteron running away? <laughs> Former half Greg Patteron. Petrie's got five points in three games. Yeah, Petrie does too. Zaitsev's well, got four assists in three games. Wow, holy! That's, that's crazy, man. Anyway. A lot of the defensemen talk. It's it's crazy to think like there's so many different ways you can go, Colby. Okay. That's a great. I never thought about that's that. That's your that's your Good lead job, into you going. Now. I appreciate that. That's no. your cue. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll keep things nice and simple. Stanley Cup, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh wow. Ooh. They're in the loss for you. They're going Thanks. to. Uh, they're going to come through. Uh, my heart, Nathan McKinnon. He has your heart, or he's winning the heart. I, both. Oh, that's fair. Got robbed last season. Yeah, I mm. think it's bet- a lot of the uh, quote unquote experts have either McDavid or McKinnon. I completely understand where you're going, Lance, yeah. with the the whole narrative thing. Uh, but both those two are, right now, I'd say 1A, 1B. Yeah. Uh, McDavid's, I mean, he, his lackluster year last year kind of forced McKinnon into that greatest mm. conversation. Maybe McDavid, you know, storms away like he's done so far with some crazy-ass goals. But I think McDavid, uh, over the course of the season, comes through. My Vesna going with the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm going to go Robin Leonard as my, uh, my Vesna winner. Hmm. Calder. Okay. I'm going to go uh, Lexi Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. Fair choice. With a very deep sleeper, 
going back to Montreal, mm. Alexander Romanov. Mm. Ooh, I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, slick defenseman. He's got some stats already, and if the, the Canadians do good... If he gets a little bit more opportunity, 100%. Yeah, yeah he's only got about like 17, 18 minutes a night, so... It's like second pair of minutes. That's not bad. Nope. I mean, he's a rookie, right? A little so penalty kill action, too, I think. That's pretty nice. And for my Norris, I'm going back and forth. I've got Hedman up there. Mm-hmm. I've also got Seth Jones. Interesting. With Columbus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he could... Steady the ship back there uh, with Wierenski like they've done for, for years now mm-hmm. um, with some pretty decent goaltending between Elvis and Jonas Corposalo. Uh Their offense, yeah, going to be a little bit suspect who's the, you know, the main guy this year. But uh, I think uh, Jones can have himself a pretty good season back there as well. So um, those are my picks. No John know. Carlson out there. I, no Roman Yossi out Yeah. There. Carlson's well, a great Car- pick. If, if Carlson was going to get it, it would have been last year. Like what – yeah. Did he not prove last year that he's going to prove this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Put up 90 points in 50-some games, I guess, yeah, if, you wanna, exactly. if you want to win it. Because, like, how else – you're right. How else is he going to win? Yeah, I don't know. I'll like, unless say, Ovechkin like, retires? I'm just thinking, is there any way a Lightning player could get it? I'm thinking with Kucherov out, Stamkos and Point are going to go off this year. They could both be 80s in points. Mm. Mm, I don't know. On a heart, that is. Yeah. But I don't know if you can give it to the reigning Stanley Cup champions because it's like, yeah, they're supposed to do that. I don't know. There's nothing saying he can't. No. But I I guess the Stamkos out last year, that's all I'm thinking. Like, a little bit of a rebound, a little bit of 80 points. How are you? Yeah. (laughs) Like, Stamkos would be the exception on that team, right? Just simply because of what he went through last year. I just think most times, like, expectation plays such a big role. Mm-hmm. And voted on awards mm-hmm. because your perception changes over the course of a season. And if you perceive them to be one way at the start and they blow you out of the water by the end, even if their numbers aren't like the best, you're going to perceive them as being better than they actually are. You know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. A, that's an interesting thought. Deep conversations. Right. That's what we but have. We've talked this way too much on the NHL. We got to get going. We need yeah, more. No kidding. We are. Where, where are we at on Greg Pattern? Like, would you uh, sign him to a two-year deal, Colby? At what dollar amount we're talking? Oh, uh, probably eight mil per. Yeah, oh. if he wants, if he wants any less than nine and a half, then you got to lock that shit up. But yeah, if his he's production. asking for less than nine and a half, he probably needs to fire his agent. Is what he needs. Oh. To get. So or just saying, but we can get it for eight. Yeah, you would market get values eight. nine and a half yeah. right now. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's a big, big days. You got to bite the bullet, but I think you get the the extra protection. I there. agree. I agree with you. He's got to be making more than McKinnon, that's for sure. Oh <laughs> yeah, who? That's like, a staple. Who wouldn't be right? I think uh, Tatar is making more than McKinnon. Value, <laughs> value, <laughs> value. Uh, we'll transfer things over to the WHL side of things yeah. and the 2020-2021 uh, regular season. Over the holidays, they announced that they're going to try to complete. A 24-game regular season. Now, uh, here locally in Medicine Hat, the Tigers have released uh, some sort of a training camp-style schedule on their website, and uh, some notable names were left off the list, uh, notably Mad Sogard, Jonathan Brinkman, uh, Brian Lochner, Elijah Brown, among others. And, uh, Corey, I mean, you've got down here, like, it's they're trying to get a season done for the development of these players, which is obviously very important, but uh, safety first and foremost, has to come into play as well. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just the conversation that keeps going, right? Like, I just don't know when this is going to end. But, like, this one, I don't know. It seems like every announcement, they're a little bit more optimistic. And then this time, they're like, we're just going to fucking do it. Like, who, like it, it was almost like a no-shit-given announcement. They're like, we don't have any details, but we're going to guarantee it. Like, we're doing we're, it. We're committing to the players. And everybody was, like, kind of like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. Just buried on a okay, Friday. Everybody. It was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean... They'll find some form, hopefully. I mean, if they got to go into the summer, but I love how the WHL is like, yeah, we're going to do this for our players. And then, like, days later, a bunch of teams release some of their American players to the USHL. And then, like, yeah, we're not going to see those guys this season. Like, yeah. complete opposites. But um, we'll see. More details to come. There's not <laughs> enough details to kind of figure it out. But um, 24 games, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I'm just this. This is how I, I have the same feeling with this as I do. The Blue Jays off season, where I'm just like, I don't really care about all the talking until you do something. I really, I've you lost me. You lost me on the yep. interest. If this is just going to be because like it, it hasn't even been made clear. Like, is this going to be, um, like a fan attended event? Obviously, they don't have to answer these questions because it's still so far away. I get that, but it's like there's no real like thought process to like what are these going to look like how is this going to go about how are teams going to get from the u.s to canada how are they going to find places to play who's going to bring them in so many unanswered (laughs) questions that like i don't know are ever going to get answered until the puck drops and then all of a sudden they're playing and you're just like okay we're here here. yeah Yeah. exactly like you're driving somewhere without a fucking map in the 60s and then you're just like wow we found our way (laughs) look at that we followed the one road it's like I just don't know no. where this ends, uh, but I'm with you, Corey. It's just, okay, we'll continue on. We'll see where it goes. Like you said, there's players that uh, that have been sent all around the place. Like we were diving into just following along with some former Tigers in the last episode and the amount that came up from the USHL. And then, I mean, Cole Sillinger comes up and, and he's on his way to Sioux Falls Stampede and if you haven't seen the video from the Sioux Falls Stampede of their games, it is yep. a packed barn. It's the loudest barn in the USHL. I'll tell you that. That is that is wild, isn't it? Like that is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about it before and it's so bonkers that we're going to keep talking about it until I can't unsee bonkers. it. Like it For anybody that hasn't seen it, go Twitter Twitter.com, Sioux Falls Stampede, and just go look at some of their highlights. Also, six friggin' jerseys by the Sioux Falls Stampede, eh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. yeah. Those are pretty um, dull. And the lights flicker when they score. They'll, they'll oh, go dark. They got, a good, they got a good production down there. But it's not like group social distance like the NFL or no. any sporting event you're seeing right no. now. No. It's like bull rows, like full lower bowl. Like former and, former games at the arena breaking the fire code. Like yeah. that's what it looks like. There's people fucking standing in the video I saw. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Oh yeah, they went nuts when all silly scored there. Well, that's true. And I mean he's on to what? Like two goals, three games. You're gonna see some rust early. <laughs> but as he goes through the game, like he's getting a lot better and, and you're gonna see that progression throughout the course of the season with Cylinder. It's just unfortunate you're not gonna see it here. No. On Twitter though. On Twitter, you're going to see all the highlights. Full bars. Here's the crazy. They played an away game. Hold on. Let's see if I still have it on Twitter. They they played an away game somewhere, Mm -hmm. and it's an absolutely empty barn. 
So, oh. like, USHL is just picking and choosing out here. They're like, yeah, South Dakota, Bull Barn, uh, Iowa, yeah. Like, like, it is so worth the They're potato watch. farming. Oh, yeah. yeah, they they would be. They would be. Like, the, the like, 22nd, oh, that's Idaho. Iowa does car. Oh, duh. Uh, I think. I I'm don't an know. Idiot, sorry. They race in Iowa. But, yeah, like, it's just that 22nd clip is just fucking nuts, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, that's just one big family. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sioux Falls or some, something different happened down there. Like, they just I, live I at the rink? Yeah. And, yeah, like, all, like everyone in Sioux Falls is related? Like, yeah, is, that, like is that how that goes? Yeah. Some cousin yeah. loving? <laughs> yeah, I think we're a little too far north for that, but, like, oh, okay. I don't know. Well, by the looks of it, you you might think it like oh. there's something to it, or everyone's already got COVID there and they're like not worried about it anymore. They're like, "Wow, we all got it. We're done." Like that. It's it's just it's the craziest <laughs> thing that I've seen in this pandemic was like a sporting event with what what were we guesstimating? Like a couple thousand in oh, the easy, ring. Easy, easy. Oh yeah, like a couple thousand a, people jammed a, in a, and and everyone game. losing it. A junior hockey game. Yeah, like. Mm. Anyway, well, hey, missed revenue is missed revenue, and you can't afford to miss revenue. No, not Leftbridge Sioux Hurricanes Falls. announced that they might lose over a million dollars this year if the season if the season goes. So. That's a community funded team too. That's really good news. Yeah, oh, they already so, lost their university team. So yeah, yeah. So that story it. came out from from the Hurricanes that they said, "Hey, if the season happens, we're fucked." And <laughs> I think they're not going to be the only ones. Basically, they're going to be feeling that like. I mean, you're just gonna, you're gonna see that. Every, I mean, it's like you're laughing, but it's true, right? Like, mm-hmm. what? Well, every, de- find me a WHL franchise or any CHL franchise that can burn a million dollars. No. Well, the Saskatoon t- or sorry, Saskatchewan teams are gonna get bailed out by the province. Oh like, man, true. Announcement, like, yeah, the Saskatchewan provincial government, like, yeah, whatever the cost is. Just That's okay though. It. Like Saskatchewan loves whatever they have, and yeah. like it's so tr- like you look at a, at the riders. You look at when they got the the rush from Edmonton for lacrosse. They just love whatever they have. They don't care. They'll pay yeah. whatever it costs. And there's something to be said for that. But it's just like it's not good. It's not good when you have to bail out WHL teams. Like that's not good. Some people might not see the uh, the good side of that for sure. No, oh, yeah. Using their hard-earned money to bail out a, a yeah. dub team like that or multiple dub teams. Hundred percent. Um, they're I think they're talking. Like late February, I know there's been no, like no set date, set set date, right. but I think they're talking late Feb for this 24 game, whatever it is, regular season. And I've yet to hear whether these 24 games lead to any sort of a playoff s- schedule. Like, I, do, how can you have a 24 game season and then like, okay, you're gonna get home ice, whatever home ice advantage is, and do a, a WHL championship, or are they going to go back yeah. to the E Cup? Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah, we'll play. We'll play this on NHL 21, boys. Make sure you send your best players. We got Lucas coming back. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, it won't have any kind of like award being handed out, and everyone <laughs> is having this like mind meld because they're like, "Well, how can you play a season and not give away a trophy?" Yeah, because you don't need to. Like that's not what the league's yeah. about. At the end of it, at the it's core the of kids. it, we've talked about this before. Like, that's why guys are getting sent earlier in the year to the AJ. That's why guys are getting released to the USHL. It's just about playing and developing. And when you have the opportunity to, you you do everything that you can because you owe it to your players. The other thing that I, I thought about, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm willing to bet that there's some kind of substance to it, is I wonder if they have to try and get the season in 
and for the players, then they get a, that year of schooling. Yeah. I wonder if they don't play, if they don't get a year. I wonder if that has any impact. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. I don't know if that's a thing or how not. Do you make, how do you make that argument if you're like, I don't know, like Orange Strom for the Tigers or like one of those rookies? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if like mm. – Guaranteeing 24 games for all 22 teams just seems a little tough for me. Like, I'm wondering if when February or March hits, you just kind of say, like, you know what, organize, like, exhibition games. Like, well, I don't know how it all would work, but, like, you know, if the Alberta teams want to meet up for a couple months and or, you know, like, play each other, like, I don't know, not really a regular season because there's not going to be a playoffs. That we just do about, sticks right? in the middle and just throw them to each <laughs> side and say, hey, here's your team today. Did we talk about that on a podcast? That. I think we have. We've talked about that before. Sticks in the middle. I think that was one of the titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but you know what I mean, right? Like, you know, medicine now. Dylan go Cousins. Forward, you know? yeah. Yeah. What happens to Dylan Cousins? We talked about that. Right, That's right. right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. It's, I, I don't know. Right. I don't know how you go about it and actually make that happen in practice with no. 24 games, right? Right. But, like, yeah, I just don't, I don't know how you can include the American teams this year. It, yeah. Especially, like, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't think you do. I think they have to play no. their own. They, they obviously same as NHL, right? Like they're gonna have to play their own right. U.S. division. Is gonna be those five, six U.S. teams. Another thing yeah. you could do, like theoretically, if there's enough players that were sent down to the USHL, you just send them over to the, an American WHL team and just say, "Hey, go play there." Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing that could happen? Like at the end of the day, it's just for development and for really for scouts to kind of get a gauge on where these players are at, right? Right. Great point. Yeah. Uh, we'll quickly trans over transition over to the NFL. I was uh, dude, quarter- you missed the biggest point. What Beckett Lankow is Beckett on Lankow site? Is on the Tigers training camp roster. Uh, obviously, he is. Obviously, yeah. he is. Round of applause, though. Tigers oh, finally coming up, to their senses and in- including him, uh, who will be a Vesna winner one day. Can we get him on? I mean, I'm sure he's got free time. Yeah. The problem is, I don't know how far no. I, and this is no slight to Beckett, I just mm-hmm. don't know how far I can get into a conversation without me sounding like the biggest fangirl for someone that he's never met. Like, <laughs> No, I know. Yeah, we might scare him off, honestly. He's, like, he's and, quiet, and, I, and I'm worried kid. if the day ever comes where I actually meet Beckett Lankow because I truthfully am like a massive fan mm-hmm. of Beckett Lankow. And I'm probably his biggest fan outside of like his parents and whatever siblings he may have. <laughs> I'm just like... I'm all in on Beckett Lankow. I, I want Beckett Lankow in my veins. I, I need more <laughs> Beckett. I need more Beckett in my life. That's what I need. And anybody listening to you right now probably thinks you're joking, but, like, no. I'm honestly not. I'm not kidding. started with the 2019 training camp. Yes. When he just stole it for Team Green. Stole it started as a joke. I will say that. I was like, holy, like, oh, look at this guy. He's, yeah. he's playing really incredible. Cool. But then it like, legitimately never stopped. No, he's like, oh, he's just a small goalie, but he's like, he is such a sound, small goalie. Like, yeah, and then it was just like, okay, I'll win this game, I'll win this game, I'll win this game, I'll go play Junior A, I'll go win all those games. Like, the guy's, like, he's legit. So, yeah. okay, honestly, I'm going to need to get a goaltender love interest because Corey's got a scar off, you've got Lankow. Nah, you need I, one. I need one. We have room with Beckett Lankow. The train's you, not yeah, even left no, yet. Oh, the, no, no. He's, I think I'm more Lankow than Iskarov. Yeah, no, yeah. no. He, oh, trust well, me. I, everyone is. Dude. You should be, too. I Okay, but yeah. I need to have my own. And, Corey, no. you can't take Lankow. you got to keep <laughs> no, Iskarov until he's 35. There's room on the there's train. There's room on the Lankow train. Yeah, no, by all you, means. No, Corey does not get on right the Lankow train. We're just boarding. <laughs> We're just boarding. Just hand your pass in. 
We're boarding boarding the bus. Everyone get on. Is tickets like 50 yep. cents right now? Tickets are free. Free? Yeah. Yep. Oh. So, one size stop, fits everybody. I love first that. First stop, Medicine Hat. Fucking second oh. stop. Honestly, anywhere in the NHL, it's got the first overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, okay, first overall pick's a bit of a, that's a bit no, of a leap. He's not a DiPietro no. or a Flurry. Yeah, that's good. No. Yeah, probably, he's probably not going to get there, but he might get touted as one. Just saying. Like a scar off. Got a long future ahead of him. Hot take. <laughs> what? Beckett Lankow will be better than Yaroslav Oh, we have to be talking in 20 years. Uh, I'm planning on watching every second of Beckett Lankow. <laughs> whatever Beckett Lankow does, it might not be hockey. Whatever nope. he does with his life oh. will be better than what a Scarab does. Oh, He's uh, going to be a lawyer just raking in cash. Yeah, yeah and then... <laughs> and just not losing cash. And you'll be a Scarab who? And, and yeah. that's how... Oh. And then, and then play the train's the gone. Then you play the KHL and, and have yeah. a nice oh, life. Oh, man, yeah. A scare of that backup with a 905 save percentage? Oh, yeah, he was good. Right? Yeah, he like, was. He was. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Askarov trains already left the tracks about 10 years ago. It's all the way down in fucking Europe by now. Just rolling yeah. through. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Get on. <laughs> yeah. That's where we'd be. Okay, we got to yeah. get going. Um, yeah, we're running long. NFL-wise, we're very uh, sorry if you've... Stayed with us this long. We Here's the deal of the it. NFL. Some teams won, some teams didn't. You have four teams left, two games. The only question <laughs> in what is what's your favorite storyline heading into what's going to be the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks? That's a great What's recap. your favorite storyline? What do you want? Good okay, what, well, what? you want uh, more? Okay. Lamar Jackson's hurt. Patrick Mahomes is hurt, but he mm. practiced today. I don't need all and, that. Well, no, for those who didn't get it, okay. uh, Lamar's oh. hurt. Uh, he lost. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is hurt, but he's he was limited in practice, yet still in concussion protocol. Figure that one out for me because I still don't understand Doesn't, that. Doesn't, no. Uh, that's like the province of Alberta saying, we're going to add more COVID sites so you can go get a vaccine. Oh, wait, we have none, but we <laughs> added more sites. I'm just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, like, figure that one out. Land we have more sites to give you right nothing. Hey, well, oh, yeah, a little God. bit. Okay, so that's what's happening there. Uh, the Rams look terrible. The Packers look good. And the Saints and Bucks both didn't look very good, but one team had to win, and uh, it ended up being the Bucks. So now between the Chiefs and Bills, and the Bucks and Packers, what storylines intrigue you most, Colby? I want Brady in another title game. Nice. And I want the Bills to make a title. Yes, that is. The, I think that is the ultimate. Story. That for me would be the ultimate. I love the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I love Mahomes going for back to back. I think Rodgers is the MVP this year, and he's played unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But for me, for Brady, for Brady and the Bucks to be in this position in general, mm-hmm. everyone talked end of last year. You know, Patriots coaches were saying, "Oh, we don't need Brady. We can win with any quarterback." Right. Look at how that's gone this year. <laughs> Holy it shit! Didn't go very well. Cam Newton and Jared Stidham were your Stiddy. duo to bring. Well, I think they were six and ten or whatever. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. finally usurped. In that AFC East. And the fact that Brady and this really, really good defense, it mm-hmm. is underrated how good this defense Run is. Run defense. Run defense. I don't know how good they are on the True. Pass. 100%. No, that's a good point. Um, I love the weapons that Brady has. I th- would love to see him win another championship game and make it to the big show. Mm-hmm. And for the Bills, Josh Allen is so fun to watch. Yeah. The run game worries me heading into next week. Mm-hmm. But then so there so is the Chiefs run offense as well. Uh, because they can't have a healthy back. Maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back. I haven't really heard much from 
Uh, Lev Bell, I have no idea what's going on with him. Yeah. They were running Daryl Williams out there mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to both matchups. But for me, it's going to be Bills, Bucks. That's what I hope happens. I think, I think to your co-host's point, mm-hmm. I honestly think it might be Packers, Bills mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. final. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Corey? I ain't got much to add. My brother's a Packers fan, so I think I got to go with Packers over Packers. Go Pack, go. Go Pack. But well, it'd be nice to see Rodgers back at the big dance. But, uh, it's been a I while. Think, I think I'd, <laughs> it'd be an upset for sure, but I don't know how you vote against the Bills. Uh, they're a fun team. They're fun to watch, and their their fans are something else. So um, I do I do hope the Bills the Packers, um, our predictions aren't looking too good at this point here, Colts. We had Seattle, right? We had Seattle. Yeah, that was not yeah, a at good... At least I had the Saints. That was an oof. Was yeah, at least at the Saints. You had made it an extra week. Yeah, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't last much better either, though. I mean, truthfully. Um, no, I'm with you, Colby, though. The, the Bucks bills angle would be incredible simply because of the Brady and Bills feud. I mean, for years, like you had mentioned, the Bills could never get past the Patriots. And now they get past the Patriots, but lo and behold, it would be Brady standing in the way of them winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> like just the narrative on that, it might not like that wouldn't be the best game. That wouldn't be the game I would love to see the most from a gameplay perspective. Mm-hmm. But from the angle, it would add so much juice to the game yeah. that it would be uh well worth the Maybe not as high profile matchup as say Chiefs Rogers with everyone or Chiefs Rogers yeah Chief Packers would be with everyone healthy, um, but the other cool angle about the Bucks and Bills would be that the Bucks would be the first team ever to host the Super Bowl and be in it. That's right because it was supposed to be Minnesota the yeah. couple of years back and they didn't make it unfortunately. And it would also just be the very the most pandemic thing is that the first time in league history that the team hosting the Super Bowl is in it is when basically nobody can go. That would be amazing. What is the situation with the fans? I've well, it changes I, by the day. I was gonna I say, mean, is it like eighteen thousand? Is it no fans? Like I, they're I, not gonna announce until closer to like what, after next a, week. Dude, make a football stadium in Sioux Falls. Bring everybody. Like, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, if there's a, I mean, there's there's gotta be one at South Dakota State that you could probably go play at. Didn't like, Carson Wentz play? No, he played for North I don't Dakota remember who State. played there, but just go to South Dakota so, State and you could probably get eighty thousand in there, and it's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> the big um, stadium. But yeah, so I I really want to see Bills and Bucks, but I think this is the Bills' best opportunity getting, I mean, the, the good fortune of a hurt Lamar. Um, obviously, you hate to see it, but from a team perspective, you can't deny that it's good fortune. They were winning that game. Yeah, Before probably. Lamar even went out, let's be honest. But that defense the, was great against But the Ravens Lamar. with Lamar can change everything in a dime. True. And um, you're going to get the Chiefs with an injured Mahomes, yep. which suddenly... Like this is the best opportunity the Bills are going to have for quite a while to win a Super Bowl. Hundred percent in that AFC. Yeah. Um, I really worry for Bills fans and their health um, oh, yeah. and tables <laughs> if this goes all the way. Yeah. And come Feb, whatever in Florida, they mm-hmm. are winning a Super Bowl. Someone's going to have to donate to the Bills fans. I mean, the exactly. Bills fans gave Lamar's charity like three hundred thousand dollars or something. Like someone's going to have to donate to average Bills fan. They're going to have to pay for, medical for another hospital uh-huh. in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my God. That's true. They'll open another hospital but not have any doctors like how we open COVID sites but don't have vaccines. <laughs> oh my God. Go figure. <laughs> uh, uh, can you not say that's the craziest uh, thing you've ever heard? We, we don't talk well, about that here on the podcast. Have you seen a who cares? It's, it's, it's news. Game? It's news. <laughs> no, it's just, I find it funny. It's Current like, events. It's just funny. It's like, 
hey, we're going to do this, but we don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's just very, very funny. That's all. Moving on. All right. Uh, NBA, last news and notes. Sorry, no, not even the last news and notes. We still got Blue Jays baseball to talk about. Okay, what you need to know in the NBA, the James Harden trade is finally complete. We talked about it for a while now. He wanted out of Houston. He got his wish. He's going to Brooklyn mm-hmm. and teaming up with Durant and Irving. Irving played his first game tonight, mm-hmm. uh, and I just looked down on my phone, and they lost to Cleveland. L. In double overtime. Mm, still an L. And they went nuts, stats-wise, and they still lost. So Tough. that's something to keep aware of. Tough. Um, Oladipo, Victor Oladipo's going to Houston. Karis LeVert's going to Indiana, but he's not playing for the Pacers because he's got a mass on his liver. So that That's has to be taken care of. That. that sucks. Uh, and Jared Allen is leaving and going to Cleveland. So that's the big four-way trade there. Mm. Uh, what else do we know? 16 games have been canceled so far due to COVID and the contact tracing, which everyone around the league is getting very fed up with the contact tracing. What is a close contact? Who is a close contact? Because... You can have a conversation with a player like Bradley Beal did and then go on the COVID list. Yeah. And then, you, guys, you're playing for 35 minutes a night, face-to-face, sweating, breathing. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tricky, but I guess whatever. Be safe than sorry, I suppose. So 16 yeah, we did. Sorry, we didn't touch on it in the NHL, but you saw what happened to the Caps today. Yeah. The Caps one is big. $100,000 fine. And the Hurricanes uh, had to cancel their series with the Predators as well this weekend. So that's Aren't they off for like a week? I think so. Carolina? Well, past the weekend for sure. Yeah. Well, Dallas still hasn't played a freaking game. Yeah, they start Friday. They're not even on the league standings yet. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you see that stat? There's like there's only two teams that don't have an even strength goal, Boston and Dallas. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> tough. Um, other news and notes around the NBA. Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. Uh, he's putting up triple doubles right now. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 10 assists a game. Pretty decent. As a center. A big seven-foot center. That's if for those who don't know, that is incredibly, incredibly rare. He's arguably the best passer in the game right now. Maybe LeBron's up there as well. Rare, um, but not there because of how they've built the entire offense around Jokic. Okay, yeah. Just like they, they've made him the focal point. It's just you don't often see a massive dude that's over seven feet in your no. center be the focal point of the offense anymore. And the way That's he makes his passes yeah, like, oh yeah. over people, around people. Yeah, he's an incredible passer. His vision is insane. Yeah. And so he's got 10 assists a game right now. The record for centers in the entire National Basketball Association is Wilt Chamberlain back in the 60s at 8.8 a game. Mm. Um, could he continue this for over a full 72-game season? Yes. He could. Yes. If, if there's one guy that can do it. With the offense, like we just said, with the offense built around him, yeah. and with the ability to pass like he can, yes. And shooters. I mean, they haven't even been mm-hmm. playing with Michael Porter Jr. much of the season, right. and he's on the COVID list as well. So get him back. Jamal Murray can play better. COVID. Yeah. Stupid. What a weird year. And a shout-out Chris Boucher of the Raps. I know the Raps have really sucked. They've kind of come on as late and, and won some games. But uh, Boucher, coming off the bench, mm-hmm. averaging like 20 and 10. Like, he is a fantastic. I know Lance and I were in a uh, fantasy basketball league. I'd love to have Boucher on my team. Yep. think the uh, top dude in our league has him. Right. Embarrasses the riches, but we're not going to get into that. Right. Um, yeah, he didn't even start playing basketball until he was in his late teens. Mm-hmm. Similar like, to Pascal Siakam, I think. And I think Embiid as well. Like. Yeah, similar to me, actually. Um, yeah, well, yeah, you hit, what, 13 threes, 13 threes at a YMCA so 13, one time? 11, 12, 30. yeah, yeah, 13. Yep. Right, right. Yeah, you have to count them all out, but you need more than two yeah. hands. Yeah. I, what's what's I it like to be such a gifted athlete? Yeah. 
Um, it's tough. Social media can get to you, but uh, yeah. you just got to keep a level head and, you know, just, uh, you know, you. stay humble. You Good do keep you. a low profile on social media. Yeah. I do. I do. It's because of the haters, man. They're out there. Don't let them get you down, Corey. They're out there. They're out you just there. you keep running your Thursday pickup games at the Y. Yeah, yeah. I'll do, I'll do that here in Kendall River. Yeah, I also play Thursday pickups, or at least when it was safe to. Uh huh. But we yeah. never cross paths there, Corey, even when you're in the city. <laughs> yeah, I play at the the other Y. You know. Yeah. The other one. Right. Because there's yeah. two. Well, okay. Actually, I don't even play at the Y, no, so no. Just playing. But no church gym. I think. But if you did yeah. play at the Y. I would have played at the other one, I think. Right. Yeah, right, just right. just in general. Got to yeah. spread it out. Okay, we'll transition to Blue Jays baseball. Wrap things up uh, with the big signing of the Blue Jays, George Springer, former Michael World Bradley. Series former World Series MVP, going to uh, up north, or maybe they play in Dunedin. I don't know even know what their plan is come uh, come April. But uh, 150 mil over six years. The, the deal, he's 31 years old, and I take this as the deal's going to hurt when he's 36, 37. I think that's 100% going to happen. But for these next two, three, four years, when this team starts getting good and develops into a you know, perennial contender, that's going to look very, very nice uh, out in the outfield for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's definitely a five-star player. Um, yeah, he's just really solid. I mean, he was in, he's been in the MVP conversation a few times in his career. Um, I think he's a three-time All-Star. He's won a couple of Silver Sluggers. Like he's he's perfect for the Blue Jays right now. Um, like you kind of say, he's he's not young anymore. But um, I think at the back end of that contract, you can just kind of stick him in left field. Um, he might not have the plus speed and you know the plus power that he has right now at the end of that contract, but he'll still be a, a, a usable player. But um, right now, he's going to provide some uh, experience for uh, the young guys now and. Uh, Teach them the right way to bang a trash can. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Valid. Uh, this, this, this is a huge pickup. Like, I can't really remember the last time the Blue Jays have had a big free agency signing like this. You know, maybe Russell Martin, but I think Springer's way better than that. But anyway. For the price, for like for the price that you're paying, obviously it's the highest free agent signing in franchise history. So, yeah, um, so yeah nothing beats it by contract anyway. Um, I'm kind of with you a little bit and, and kind of not in some spots with both of you, that is. Um, I think this contract's good the entire six years. You think so? Just based off of how deep they already are in the outfield and how they're going to have the ability, similar to how guys like Michael Brantley have kind of transitioned in the later stages of their career, being more DH but still providing what they do at the plate. And you're seeing more and more guys as they get older in their careers still be viable options hitting wise they just might lose a step defensively but you can still find a spot if you hit so uh, and I, I don't i don't think springer's going to drop off that hard on the back end of his contract it's obviously impossible to to know but just the the way that he hits it, he might profile to be a, a guy similar to michael brantley where you start hitting for a high average later in your career um and as you lose a little bit of the power but i also think that he plays center for the toronto blue jays right now i don't right I don't know that they can be comfortable with Grichik out in center with a map and compass every single time that he goes out there. <laughs> um, I mean, you can say that for most of the guys in the outfield, like looking like Christopher Columbus and getting lost and hitting the wrong <laughs> island. Like, 
Derek Fisher's taking balls off the face. Lotus oh, Guriel thinks he's playing second still. Like it's kind of a mess. But uh, but they also have prospects that they they can move into the outfield. One's Austin Martin. He's projected to be a shortstop, but also an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you kind of roll on in this contract, and as the Jays progress, however they shape their their team, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to still move guys in the outfield, pick up guys in the outfield, and, and kind of fill it out that way. And then you can kind of hide Springer's defensive inabilities whenever they start to really pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for this year, I'd be surprised if he's not playing center because I think he's a much better option than than what Randall Gritchick provides you typically at center. So, Yeah, I think Gritchick, they have tentatively in the lineup as a DH, so I think maybe those guys could mm. go back and forth in that spot. I mean, you worry about um, what happens with, with uh, Vladdy. Like, I know he might be playing third. He might be playing first. Do you run him at DH if the defensive woes get, they stay the same or they get worse? So right. kind of some lineup juggling for Charlie Montoya uh, once we get into the season. Uh, you mentioned Brantley. And uh, he was supposed to be a Blue Jay. Uh, obviously, the rumors were a swirling here uh, early this afternoon, courtesy of you know Sportsnet's own Hazel May. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Hazel May was incorrect. Mm-hmm. Her sources were not right, Mm-mm. and uh, turned into an Aaron Ward style goof. Uh, formerly, he was the one who broke the Aginla trade mm. uh, to Boston, mm-hmm. and then it went to Pittsburgh. So uh, he goes back to Houston, two years, thirty-two mil. Uh, they get to keep. One of their outfielders slash DH. So that's nice for them. Um, my question is about the rotation. So they're, say what you will about Trevor Bauer. I mean, when he's on, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, I don't know how reliable this is going to be, but the Blue Jays are not out of consideration for Trevor Bauer. Don't know how the money will work, but let I, it's highly unlikely they get him. As it currently states, if they don't get them or they don't get anybody to improve the rotation that they've already got of Ryu, of Pearson, Hatch, Stripling, Tenororic. Hey, they signed Tyler Chatwood. They did sign Tyler Look Chatwood. Out. <laughs> Big arm. <laughs> so, okay, add him to the list of that's now seven uh-huh. yeah. to occupy five whatever spots. Mm-hmm. Is this rotation outside of the young talent, which is budding and growing. Is this rotation good enough to compete with the Rays, with the Yankees, with an improved Red Sox team? Like what what do you think there, Corey? With the Rays, yeah. I don't think the Rays look very good anymore, but yeah, no, mm, not yet. No, not yet. I'll say that to to answer your question simply. Um the Yankees are just loading up. They're going for a World Series and it's tough to think that they're not a favorite. Um, Red Sox, you know, I don't I really don't know who's on Boston anymore. Like, they've traded some players. I mean, I don't know. Just because they had a bad season last year, I didn't really make note of who their good players were. But hmm. um, they they still got, like, Bogarts and um, a couple of good options there. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, have they said anything about how the divisions is gonna, are going to look this year? Are they going to be going back to normal? Are they going to be back to what they had last season? Like, I mean... The Blue Jays do look better than last year. I will say that a hundred percent. So if they got, if they snuck into the playoffs last year, they should be able to um, be a, be a for sure this season if they go back to the divisions they had last year. But like, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any news on that. I would assume they're going to be the exact same. I mean, they ran the exact same divisions last year, so I don't know why they wouldn't be the exact same this year as they always were. Um, but I I can't remember where I saw it, and I wish I did, but I. I think the general thought is that 
the Jays are going to be spending this year in Dunedin um, or okay. Buffalo, one or the other. All right, yeah. But they're not going to be playing Canada until proven otherwise, and I think that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. But I think that also offers you, op- you the opportunity to sign Trevor Bauer to one-year $30 million contract, sell more phone plans, and see what <laughs> happens for Rogers Communications. <laughs> like, uh, Because... I think Bauer's more likely to sign if your team's south of the border, just for convenience sake. And it seems like with most free agents, that's how it goes. Um, Bauer at one year, because it seems like all he wants to do is sign one year, it doesn't hurt you anything. That's right. If you bring him in for a year, at worst, you're going to have guys like maybe Simeon Woods Richardson, if he's with the big club in a relief role. Nate Pearson. um, I mean, really, you could name anyone that's on their roster as as an arm is going to learn something from Trevor Bauer over the course of a year. Exactly. So yeah. that $30 million investment, even if you don't go and win, I think it's not the worst. And if he's – he was seemingly happy playing in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati wasn't exactly a great team. So I don't mm-hmm. think the team really matters to him a ton. I think he wants to win, but I think he also just wants to put himself in the best situations that he feels he can. And I think anyone can look at Toronto and say that's a good situation. So I I think there's a, a real real shot that they still go and get Trevor Bauer for a one year. If they did anything more than that, I'd be stunned. Um, hmm. But I'm with Corey. I don't think this team as they're constructed today is, is built to win. We'll see how it goes. Like, not win today, anyway. We'll, yeah. s- we'll see how it goes down the road. I mean, Anthony Kay is another one that can develop into a late, right. you know, fourth, fifth of, uh, arm in the rotation type guy. Uh, but I just don't know that they're in there this year, but no one else is really like the the Rays haven't gotten a ton worse. They traded Blake Snell. So what they traded Chris Archer once and that worked pretty well. They, they, they they move on from guys all the time and they seemingly win trades. So I I feel like somehow they've won this trade and we just haven't seen it yet, uh, in in the Blake (laughs) Snell deal. And, uh, the, the Yankees haven't really added anything. They just re-upped D, DJ LeMahieu, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Sox are just trying to sign anybody and trying not to have Nathan Eovaldi be their closer or their opening day starter. They don't know which one he's going to be yet. <laughs> and uh, the Baltimore Orioles are the Baltimore Orioles. So, like, there's a legitimate shot for, for the Jays to, to make some noise in the division. And I wonder if, like you said, Corey, about the, the, the divisions and the alignment, like, will that include the uh, additional you know, wild card spot. Like, will there be another option to uh, to get in like, in that realm? I think they like. Sorry, that. I should have I should have prefaced. I I realized that, that the way I was talking was wrong. I meant sorry the schedule. Sorry, like who are they going to be playing? Are they going to be traveling out west? Because last year, right, you mm. played. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Blue Jays. Would, yeah, you know what I mean. They would only play the NL East and the AL East. So, um, stay in their time zone type deal. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. That would that would make a bit of a difference. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I would expect that they're going to try and go full bore because it seems like everyone's trying to kind of make a go of it and the baseball might be in a better position to make a full run at it depending on where the I, vaccine's at. I think they said that they're going to try and get 162 in this first so. I did see that as well, yeah. Nice. But um, They could play yeah. out of Tampa and they could do like, you know, double headers over at the trot. <laughs> you could have Rays in the day and Jays in the night. That'd be sick. <laughs> No? No one else? Okay, cool. I mean, could. Could play out of Buffalo again. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old Salem. <laughs> Love Salem. Um, anything else you want to touch on, gentlemen, before we wrap this baby up? Where are we at on Greg Pattern? Have we decided if he's uh, going to win the Norris? 
Well, we have to decide on his contract. Oh, right. Are you signing right. that yeah. eight mil, nine we'll, and a half value? We'll try and figure that out next week. I think so. We'll yeah. bring that back. Good idea. Let us know. Would you sign Greg Patterson <laughs> for yes. eight mil? Let us know. League value is nine and a half. The amount of people that are saying who's Greg Patterson. <laughs> no offense, Greg, but like a lot of people are going to be saying that. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. We're on Twitter as well at on the board pod. You can download, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podcast Addict, Podbean. If anyone uses Podbean, that's up there as well. Sorry? Podbean. What? What the fuck is a Podbean? Podbean, I think. Are you, you listening to porn sites right now? No, like, no, no. Where no, did that, you go off? That's a different name there. <laughs> I didn't know that we were on Podbean. I think Podbean is still a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's still a thing. Like it was an old yeah. thing. No, Podbean is definitely. I've a... been around for a hot minute. Like I'm the oldest one here. I've never heard of Podbean. Okay, uh, but it is a thing. And it, okay, there you go. Oh, support local. Support Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it's local. For all we know, it's coming out of Siberia. All right. Yeah, yeah he literally has nothing to say. He's like, oh yeah, right. No, I, Siberia. I, no, I no. What Podbean is. Okay. I'm looking up Podbean too. All right, you guys do that. Um, this is turning into an ad. <laughs> for Lance Dahl, Corey Bacoskas, Colby McKee, signing off. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes! Yes!